We are delighted to be joined by Governor Ned Lamont with his monthly appearance here on WILI. Governor, good morning. I got to get to the A material first here today. Early in July, you posted your summer reading list, and I want to know how you're doing on those books. I am reading. I am reading H.W. Brand's biographies of um, Teddy Roosevelt and Franklin Roosevelt. I know I said the same thing a month ago, but they are very thick books. When you get to the Bruce Springsteen book, the stories behind the songs. Yeah, I just think he has the most extraordinary history. Um, you probably saw he had that show on Broadway. We just talked about um, the source of a lot of his music. That's a good book to read. And you also put up your summer music playlist. We'll get to that a little later on today. But I enjoyed those posts, Governor. That was kind of a creative idea to put on your Twitter page, your favorite music, along with your summer reading list. Well, of course, one of the big stories this week has to do with the falsified reporting of traffic records by the state police. And the, the news today is that former federal prosecutor Deidre Daly will be leading the review. First off, talk about what she'll bring to the table, then we'll get to the overall problem that the state police created. So, Deirdre, a former um, U.S. attorney, strong, independent um, background, going to take a hard look at what's going on um, over at the state police, see um, how much of this was inadvertent and mistaken, and make sure that uh, we make it easier so this will never happen again, and how much of it may have been malicious. We have to hold people accountable. 25,966 issues between 2014 and 2021. What do you want to see in the long range for this analysis by Deidre? Remember, that's out of eight or 900,000 tickets. So it's about 3%, but it's still something we want to look at. And the number has gone down over the last decade. So that's a good trend, but not um, good enough. I want to see how we can make it simpler and easier for our uh, police to input the information they need to make sure this never happens again. Do you think there's a possibility that some troopers might be released because of this, if they're found to be the contributors to the problem? Yes, I do. If somebody is purposely inputting wrong information to pad their resume or otherwise, um, yes, they will be held accountable. You know, a couple of days after we talked last month, we lost Governor Lowell Weicker, and he had a big impact on you as well as the state as well. But just give us a couple of thoughts on the legacy of your predecessor, Lowell Weicker Jr. Yeah, Lowell uh, passed away. Um, we had an amazing memorial service for him. Um, look, everybody says he was bigger than life, but really what that means is um, he did the right thing regardless of consequences. Uh he just almost, uh, you know, loved the battle. And, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, when he uh, put in place the income tax, he knew that was a death knell for his political career. But he did what he thought was right. Wyndham Hospital is one of the hospitals that's lost its birthing center. And just uh, yesterday, you announced that you've signed a law, legislation, that you proposed earlier this year that will license freestanding birth centers and allow them to operate in Connecticut. Tell me more about that. What is a freestanding birth center? Something much more prevalent in other parts of the country than Connecticut. We have um, one birth center. We were there yesterday in Danbury. It's in a home, um, uh, you know, obviously all um, to medical standards, but it's for low-risk pregnancies, which, say, is 80% of the pregnancies. Make it so that you can give birth in a much more... Um, you know, relaxed atmosphere. There are uh, trained uh, nurses there uh, taking care of you as well. 
And I'd like to see this all over the state so we have more local um, you know, birthing centers, make it easier for young moms. And along the same line, last week you announced you'd signed a series of bills approved by the General Assembly during the recent session that enact new laws further protecting reproductive rights in Connecticut. What did that change from what we'd already done regarding reproductive rights in Connecticut? A, it reestablishes the principle. B, makes it uh, easier for uh, young people to get contraception um, at the um, at the pharmacy without uh, needing a doctor's prescription. Just doing little things to make it easier for you to be able to exercise your reproductive freedom. Statistically, Bradley has 11.39 inches of rain this month, eight inches above average, and caused a lot of flooding. You actually went out to check things out, especially the effect that it has on our farms. First off, tell me what you saw when you visited those flooded farms. And secondly, what can we do? What can the federal government do to help bail them out? Because agriculture is so important here in Connecticut. Wayne, what I saw at the farm in Glastonbury was um, uh, a month ago they were trying to irrigate a field due to drought. Now it was underwater. And I thought it might be an inch or so underwater. It was four feet underwater. All you could see was the very uh, top of the uh, corn there. And uh, we've uh, gone for an emergency uh, federal declaration, see if we can get some support for our farmers. Uh, we've put in place a hotline over at Economic and Community Development to make sure you know all the programs out there that can help support you. It's been a tough couple of years for our farmers between um, drought and wind and now uh, flooding. It's extraordinary. And cold weather, too. May 18th, we got down below freezing. That's one of the latest ever as far as uh, 32-degree temperatures at Bradley. And Connecticut will receive some federal agriculture disaster money. Tell me about that. Well, we're applying to get that federal agriculture money, and uh, we should hear pretty soon. We we quantified all the damage out there. It's 1,500 acres. A lot of our farms, especially in the Connecticut River Valley, were hit particularly hard. So I hope the feds come forward, do the right thing, and give our farmers a little help. You signed legislation requiring completion of personal financial management course to graduate from high school. That's something unique. I never had it, but I'm curious what the genesis of that was and how that's going to work in our schools. you got to teach economics in a way that's relevant to people so that they can live their lives. So um, we have a lot of programs out there when you want to get your first home, how to get a mortgage, um, how to start up a business, and the financial support and putting together a budget what it means to turn a checkbook, just the basics of life that you can't live without. And that's what financial literacy is, and we're going to have that in all of our schools over the next couple of years. July 23 was proclaimed Summer Meals Month, which I see goes through August as well. But for some of the kids who need some food in the summertime, how does that work? Uh, what we've got is um, additional food support in all of our schools. But what I really think is... Um, as you look around the state right now, being able to go to summer camp, being able to get a good meal, fresh meal, uh, what we're doing with our, our farm product, coming down, getting to farmer's markets in our cities, so fresh food from our farms are available to all of our citizens. That's what we're trying to emphasize. I feel like we're doing traffic and weather together here, but uh, you've also activated, or you will activate, Connecticut's extreme hot weather protocol, not today, but starting tomorrow morning. What does that mean for the folks who are struggling with the heat and the humidity? If, you can, if you're uh, at risk, a little older perhaps, um, 
stay home if you have air conditioning. And if you don't, uh, go to one of our cooling centers. You can find out where they are in 211 by dialing 211 and um, stay cool. It's going to be extraordinarily hot. Something weird's going on out there. This is happening all over the world, and Connecticut's not exempt. And it seems to have effect on that Canadian forest fire smoke as well. And you've also deployed some Connecticut firefighters to fight those Canadian wildfires. Are they still there? They've been there for the best part of the month. Uh, I believe they are. They've been up there um, helping to put out forest fires. And closer to home, we've sent um, folks up with uh, uh, rescue boats up to Vermont because of all the flooding. So the little um, yin and yang going on up there, isn't it? Well, we appreciate their work. 20-person crew under the Mutual Aid Northeastern Forest Fire Protection Compact. Does that mean that if we had big forest fires here, then the Canadian firefighters might come down to help us out? That's exactly right, uh, Wayne. It's, it's regional assistance. It's mutual aid. We look out for each other. So uh, I'm proud that Connecticut's up there helping our um, friends in Canada. Governor, I want to know, are you saving money on your beer purchases these days? We did cut the tax there a little bit, make it a bit easier for our breweries to uh, get by. So, um, yes, is the answer to that question. (laughs) As a tax cut on beer sales took effect back on July the 1st. It was also the U.S. Supreme Court decision regarding student loan forgiveness. Uh, Obviously, round one of that uh, struck that down. Do you think that the revised plan that... President Biden is working on or has submitted is going to get through and there will be student loan forgiveness? Uh, I think the revised plan should get through. um, And uh, it's already helping um, thousands of students here in Connecticut in terms of uh, paying down their student loans. It's a big cloud hanging over our students, the amount of debt out there. And we have a deal with our companies where we'll give you a credit of up to $5,000 if you hire a Connecticut graduate and start paying down their student loans. So we have a lot of ways to make it easier for you if you get a job to pay down that loan. For the kids or the families who go, man, I got nothing to do around here. You've got an idea for them, and that is to receive free admission at Connecticut museums during the summer. There's 120 museums statewide that kids can get in for free for. Tell me about how that works and how important it is that the kids get exposed to what's in our local museums. Sure, you can go to Prudence Crandall Museum in Canterbury, Roseland College in Woodstock, the American Museum in Wyndham, and all around the state. And um, we started doing this during COVID. It was part of uh, learning camps during the summer. And now you can go at no charge uh, to any of our museums across the state. Take advantage of it. We have some extraordinary museums, especially in your neck of the woods, Wayne. And uh, this is something worth doing. Great job doing your homework on that one, including the Strong Porter House in Coventry, the Coventry Historical Society, the Wyndham Historical Society, and also the Wyndham Textile and History Museum, all included in that free admission for kids during this summer. You announced a release of $6 million in Volkswagen settlement funds to expand electric vehicle charging stations in Connecticut. So uh, just tell me how that is going to work, is that some of the towns involved locally include Mansfield, Coventry, and Columbia. Yeah, we got from the federal government um, tens of millions of dollars to put electric charging stations all up our federal roads. You're going to see that over the next few years. Then we're using state money and the Volkswagen money, you pointed out, to make sure we get charging stations in a lot of our smaller towns and the state roads. 
And, you know, we're getting applications from uh, churches and retail establishments saying, maybe you want some charging stations here as well. It allows people who have range anxiety to get their charge. It also gives you one more reason to go to church. (laughs) And lastly, we talked about your summer playlist, which you posted on your Twitter page early in July for 2023. What I want you to do is pick one of the songs that is on your summer playlist, and I will play that after the upcoming news at 8 o'clock. Your, your call. Black Eyed Peas, I got the feeling. We'll do that for you, Governor. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining me this morning. Thanks, Wayne. That's Governor Ned Lamont, our guest on 14 WIHLI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.